And we are back. Welcome back. Riding the pine with the lefty and the coach. October 9th, 2023 edition. Coach not with us today. He had some prior engagements he had to take care of. So, solo pod, you just get me tonight. Uh, tonight on the show, going to talk a little bit about week six. We're halfway home. Uh, going to review the NFL through five weeks, kind of what we're seeing there. And then we'll hit our Heisman watch and our top 10, which will be the top 10. But to start off, we're going to talk about being let down, being led down the road again. Insanity. It's, you know, it's it's defined, I don't think it's actual definition, but, you know, defined as doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So then why every year, do we say we this every year? It's one player and one team. I have seen it now for five, six years, and with the team for the last about the last ten. The player, Sam Horton. Sam Hartman's a good player. So I, I I want to preface this. Sam Hartman's a good player. I think Sam Hartman's an NFL quarterback. I don't know if it's a starter, but I think he's a, I think he'd be a high end backup at the next level. Every year this happens, folks. Every year we, we hear the same thing. Sam Hartman's changed this year. He's he's off. He's going to be great. He's, he's going to be able to win the big game. And every year it doesn't happen. I mean, I, I just – I don't get what has to happen for people to see this isn't going to get better for Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman is what he is. He's been in the NCAA for 28 years at this point. He is what he is, folks. Like, he's going to be a quarterback who he is never going to lose you a game you should win, but he's not going to win any games for you that you shouldn't win. You know, and so that's why I look at, I mean, look, this is the same thing that happens every year. He gets into October and November, and he just doesn't look as good. I mean, go look, his go to his games this year, and this is the same thing you look at every year. You could this is every year with Sam Hartman. Navy, nineteen and twenty-three, two hundred fifty-one yards, looks great. Tennessee State, fourteen and seventeen, one ninety-four. NC State, fifteen and twenty-four, two eighty-six. Central Michigan, sixteen and twenty-six, three thirty. Ohio State. 17 of 25, 175. Duke, 15 of 30, 222. Does lead a game winning drive. So, hey, that is good. Louisville, 22 of 38, 254. Three interceptions. In a game they had to have to stay in the playoff, he again failed. Go to 2022. You're going to see the same thing. He looks really good. Vanderbilt looks great. Liberty looks great. Even against Clemson, he looked great. They weren't ever going to win that game, but he looked great. Clemson wasn't as great defensively last year. Florida State, he, they get a big win. He looks pretty good. But again, at Louisville, when this when when it turned October, when he had to turn it on, at Louisville, twenty to thirty-five, three interceptions. At NC State, twenty-nine to forty-eight, three interceptions. I mean, you just at at North Carolina, he. Plays pretty good in North Carolina, but again, they lose. Like, he can't make the big play. He can't win the big game. It's the same thing with Sam Hartman. 
every year. So I just, I, you know, I don't see it. The team, Kentucky, every year we hear about how Mark Stoops' team, they've turned the corner. They're going to do it this year. They never do. It's the same thing. He's had one year where they actually were good, and I think they were like third in the East. I get – look, and, and let me preface this by saying what he has done at Kentucky is borderline insane. It's incredible. He has taken a perennial four- to five-win team and made them a perennial seven- and eight-win team. But to act like they're more than that every year, they're not. They're, they're a seven- or eight-win team, which is great at Kentucky. But let's stop acting like they're Tennessee or they're Georgia. Every year they play Georgia and get curb stomped. Last year was the exception, but they couldn't score, so it really didn't matter. It's a downpour, and they still get beat. I, I I just I don't get it. I don't get why we continually do this. We've seen we have years of data with Kentucky with Sam Hartman. And we think it's going to go differently. It's not. It just isn't. Again, they're good. Sam Hartman's a good quarterback. Kentucky's a good team. But they're not great. And I don't know why we continue to act like they're going to magically be great after 10 years. They're not. They are what they are. Tonight's show presented by Monster Energy because if you stayed up to watch USC Saturday night into Sunday morning, you needed about a six-pack of it. I think Mississippi State's defense is bad, but, man, USC's is bad. Uh, I w- really wasn't planning on starting with USC, but we'll go ahead and start there. Uh, Arizona blew the game. and there, There's no other way you can say it. Arizona had that game won for you. I mean, you can say that's because they had the backup in. Backup's playing better than um, Delora. You know, you can say, well, Caleb Williams just took over. Not really. And he played good. Don't get me wrong, Caleb Williams played good. He won them that game down the stretch. But if I am – if I'm a team, or if I'm USC, if I'm Lincoln Riley this morning, I've got some major soul searching going. I mean, yeah, we came back, but I mean, you know, you really look, Arizona had plenty of chances to win this game. They're up 17 nothing to start. I mean, they were blowing USC out. But, again, I guess part of a champion, maybe. I don't know. I mean, but if you think USC is going to somehow magically – I mean, they play Notre Dame and Sam Hartman this week, and I'll tell you, Sam Hartman will light them up. Sam Hartman will light them up. I don't know that he'll win, but he'll light them up. they got to go to Notre Dame. That's a scary game on USC. I I don't know. Notre Dame's got a lot better defense than Arizona does. I mean, this is a dangerous stretch right here for USC. You look at, at Notre Dame, Utah, at Cal, Washington, Howard. I mean, they could go realistically could go two and three in that stretch. And even more realistically, could go one and four. 
I mean, one in four is not out of the realm of possibility through that stretch. It's not. You know, we're about to see, and we'll get into the Heisman rankings later, we're about to see, is Caleb Williams for real? I tend to think he is, but their defense is so bad, I don't know that it's going to matter. And that is what I think would worry me if I'm Lincoln Riley. I mean, we're, you know, we're giving up just – I mean, our defense is terrible. You, you, you go to their defensive numbers, what they're giving up. You know, they're giving up 421 yards a game. They're giving up 27 points a game. You know, you're giving up just – 264 passing yards a game, 157 rushing yards. There's only two teams that are worse in the Pac-12. That's Stanford and Colorado. Like, and you're about to play two offenses. Or you're about to play – I mean, okay, so Utah's offense is not very good. Utah, you know, okay, they – they. And you say struggle. I mean, they lost Oregon State, but, I mean – they get to they get Cal this week and then get you at they go to USC. You gotta believe they'll have Cam Rising back by that point. And if they get Cam Rising back, they can go in there. They're gonna I mean USC's got the score to win. And I mean, look at it this way. They play Washington and Oregon. They're the two top two offenses in the back world. I mean, I'm not confident. I saw something today. Would USC lose two games in the street? I think three is very, very likely. I, four is not off the table. I mean, you're looking at a defending Heisman Trophy winner that's going to have four losses. You can't give the Heisman Trophy. I don't know that. I don't know that Caleb Williams can win the Heisman if he's going to have four losses. His defense may cost him the Heisman Trophy. You know, we we heard all offseason this was the year USC was going to be in the playoffs. This is this was the team. Not seeing it. Not seeing it defensively. Alex Grinch just has not been it. Has not been good. And their defense wasn't good last year, and it's not good this year. It's even worse. I, I'm not seeing it right now from USC to think they're a playoff contender. Um, you know, we'll start now with kind of – my other thoughts for uh, so far through the season, obviously, I think thought one. This is as wide open as I've seen a college football season, but it's also, as, as honestly, as bad. I mean, I think Georgia's finding themselves a little bit. And, you know, again, they're playing Kentucky. I don't know how much you can judge from that. They're finally deciding we may need to get the ball to Brock, Brock Bowers a little bit. Um Michigan looks really good, but again, who have they played? You know, they played a bunch of nobodies. Florida State looked really good week one, but now we know LSU's defense is absolutely awful. Like, what can we take from that? You know, you look, Ohio State looked really good against Notre Dame. They got a big win, but they looked bad against against Maryland for three quarters. And, I mean, struggle win on the road at Notre Dame. I mean, you know, are, are we really thinking that's going to be something? You know, Oklahoma looks really good. Oklahoma, it's a team I, I say, you know, the, hey, they went in. 
Neutral field, they beat Texas. Penn State, again, they looked good, but they hadn't played anybody. Washington looked good, hadn't played anybody. Oregon looked good, hadn't played anybody. Texas, they had a loss. But they've looked good, mostly looked pretty good, outside of really one-and-a-half quarters against Oklahoma. Um, Bama, I, I don't I don't know what to make of Bama. I think defensively, they are very, very good. I think offensively, they you do not know what you're going to get. Jalen Milrow looked as good as we've seen him as a passer Saturday, and they still almost lost. If Jimbo was just not an absolute idiot, they lose. Um, you know, and so you just I – mean, North Carolina's undefeated. You know, again, who they played? Ole Miss, one loss. Ole Miss can score. Can't stop anybody, but we know they can score. We've talked about SC. Uh, Louisville undefeated. Is Louisville this year's TCU? That's That's been the thing today. I, I don't know. Oregon State's looked good, but, again, I mean, they, they beat Utah without Cam Rising. I mean, yeah, they won. I, I think you just start going down the list here, and it, it just – there's just not many good teams. There, there, I, I will trust that. No team has separated themselves. I think that's probably a better way of saying it. No team has, has separated themselves. And – are we going to see that over the next six weeks? I believe we will. I, I tend to believe we're going to see teams separate. And I think we saw that a little bit on, on Saturday with Georgia. I think we saw it last week with Georgia kind of pulling themselves out to beat Auburn. I know people think Auburn's a terrible team, but still, you know, they did find a way to win on the road in the SEC and say what you want. Auburn was up that play. But I mean, you just keep going through this list. Who's out of it? I don't – Notre Dame and LSU, I, I would say they're probably out of it. Um, but really, from like Oregon State up, I, I would say there's 15, 16 teams right now with a chance. I mean, really, I just don't see a dominant team. Again, is Michigan dominant? I, I think they probably are. But we haven't seen them play anymore. Is Georgia? I think they probably are. But I mean, Georgia, their their toughest game is going to be Ole Miss or at Tennessee. I mean, by the way, we're just going to run through Michigan's schedule here real quick. Indiana this week, they're going to be in by fifty at Michigan State. They'll win by thirty. Purdue, they win by fifty. They do not play. They go to Penn State on the 11th of November. That'll be the biggest. That'll be the biggest test they've had. And if they go in there and do what they have done the first six weeks here, and hold everybody to un- ten points or under, then yeah, I think they could win the national championship. But can they? I don't know. Everybody talks about the SEC being down. I think college football is down. I mean, maybe it's parity, but 
there's no team that has just stood up and said, hey, we're we're here. But uh, a few games I do want to talk about from over the weekend. Obviously, we just mentioned Oklahoma. Look, that's that's as big of a win as Brent Venables has had by a long shot. I mean, that win puts them in in contention. You know, it obviously puts them in the driver's seat in what is a, I mean, really bad, really bad Big 12. That They play UCF on Saturday, and they may score 60. Then they go to Kansas, to Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State's going to be a tough game. It'll be the last game of Bedlam. But, I mean, really and truly outside of that, I mean, you got Texas in the Big 12, assuming you'll have Texas in the Big 12 championship. But, I mean, that's it. You play them again in Dallas. Um, But, again, what I saw from Dylan Gabriel on Saturday showed me that maybe, maybe, maybe this is an Oklahoma team that can get the playoffs. From the Texas side of things, I don't – I'm not going to sit here and say Texas is dead in the water because I don't believe it. I think Texas probably – you know, they they definitely now use their mug. This is why it was so big of them beating Alabama is they have used that – that mulligan was still there. Everybody believed it was going to be Bama was your mulligan, and then you had to run the table. Well, they beat Bama. They have the mulligan. Now they've used it, but, you know, they, if they go 11-1 and one and beat Oklahoma in, in the Big 12 championship, then I, I don't know who you play. I mean, that's both on neutral fields. I think it would be who's hotter at the time, and I think you may have to go Texas. But – a weird game for Texas. Quinn Ewers played awful for the first quarter and a half, and then start really just puzzling decision there at the end of the ball game to basically just gift Oklahoma like sixty yards. Um, didn't really understand that. I, I, I guess he thought Venables was going to play for overtime, and I could have told you that wasn't going to happen. He was going for the win. You could tell it all day with how Brett Venables coached. His demeanor on the sideline, you could just see. This was a guy that thought, this is our time. This is our game. We're going to go win it. And they did. Um, you know, Texas punched him in the mouth a couple times, but credit to them. They came back. The second team we're going to talk about, I actually had them later on the countdown, but I just thought of it. I just have to mention it. What is Miami doing? I mean – you're talking just blowing an opportunity in a bad, bad, bad ACC. I mean, you want to talk about using your mulligan? They used it and then some. I mean, this was a team that was going to be 5-0 and going into North Carolina next week with, with a chance to say, hey, we're the second-best team in the ACC. Hmm. Their mulligan's gone. Now you got to run the t- now you got to go to North Carolina. Now you got to beat Clemson. Then you got to go to Florida State, to NC State. They're they're not doing it. I I don't know what Cristobal's thinking at the end of the ball. I have no clue. 
Like, what what are you doing there? Take the knee. And then, you know, you start looking back at stats. He never takes the knee. He didn't do it at Oregon, and it cost him a game against Stanford. I do not know what Mario Cristobal is doing, but he may have cost them a spot in the ACC championship by doing it. It also did not help that Tyler Van Dyke threw the ball to the other team more than he threw it to his team, basically. But, you know, I mean, a terrible game for Van Dyke, 24-36, 288 with three interceptions. But Miami's up in this game, 2017 with the ball, with 30 seconds left, and you lose. You look at the the win predictor. Miami is at 99.9 with a minute and a half to go. They're at 99.9. They were still at 89.7 with 10 seconds left. Georgia Tech had the ball. How do you lose? How? How do you lose that? I, I, I just, that was absolutely insane. Uh, the last team is Alabama. And we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but, you know, what we saw at Alabama Saturday afternoon in College Station, you know, Everybody thought A and M was going to win that. They thought this was A and M's time. The dynasty, you know, I don't know what people keep doing with this. The dynasty is dead. You really need to stop saying it because you all you do is just tick Nick Saban off. Um, Jalen Milrow comes out has his best game as a quarterback for Alabama. You know, he comes out, he's on target, he's in rhythm. And you know he, Bama really controlled the game. I thought I thought Milrow made just a couple of really really nice passes. Um, the one to Isaiah Bond, the deep pass, I thought that was incredible. But I mean, he's twenty one of thirty three, three to twenty one yards, three TDs. I mean, Bama took the punches and just rolled with them. And uh, credit to them, credit to Jalen Milrow. Uh, Bama now, without a doubt, in the driver's seat in the SEC West. Now we will pivot a bit to the NFL. I got our thoughts here through five weeks with the NFL. Um, I mean, there's not much that I don't think we that we didn't really know going into the season. I think the biggest surprise, probably what I'll do, is just the surprises and the disappointments. For the uh, for the first five weeks of the year, um, I think the biggest surprise right now, at least, would be the Arizona Cardinals that they're just not absolutely off. Uh, what Josh Dobbs has been able to do with him, um, he has really, really played well above his head. And look, the Cardinals are one and four, but they're not getting blown out of. I mean, you know, this is a one in four team that, I mean, yeah, they got beat by the 49ers, but the 49ers beat everybody and they beat everybody back. But I would say they're surprised. Um, I think a disappointment, although I think they're turning it around a bit, is the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow just has not, he hadn't been healthy. I mean, he hadn't been healthy. Chase hadn't been healthy. But, I, you know, still a, 
I think they're going to turn around. Obviously, they're two and three, but you, you know, you saw a little bit of a light yesterday. And obviously, the AFC North is just so bad. It's so bad. And Pittsburgh's awful. And I mean, they're leading the division. Pittsburgh's awful. Leading the division. All right. And I think a disappointment, if you had to look at one, would be the Baltimore Ravens. They would, I mean, yesterday could just qualify as a disappointment. But losing to the teams they've lost to, the Colts and the Steelers. The Colts are terrible. Steelers are terrible. And you have a little more Jackson when you're losing. You can't be doing that. You just can't. Also, surprise, the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, like, not looking terrible. And I'm pretty sure they're they're leading their division. But, you know, I mean, you look at look at them. I mean, what is going on there? You had a team that everybody thought was just going to be awful. And they're three and two. And they're leading, they're tied to the lead in the AFC South with Jacksonville. With look, and I I say this with a guy leading their team who is the most underrated player in the NFL. Garner Minshew, look, he's not gonna wow you with stats. But he plays and your team wins outside of that stint last year in Philly. I mean, he's been pretty good. He's in the games he's played in this year, they're three and oh. Okay, my bad. He's 0 for two against Jacksonville. So technically he played in that one. But I mean he's 19 of 23 against Houston for 171. They win. He's 27 of 44 against Baltimore for 227. They win. He's 11 of 14 for 155 yesterday. They win. And he's taking care of the ball. I think that's the biggest thing. So, you know, if I'm Indianapolis, I know what I have in Anthony Richardson. I know he looks to be a pretty good player, but I got to stick with Minshew and just see what happens. You know, what? what's the worst thing that's going to happen? We're going to lose? We're already planning on this path. And now with Richardson heading to the IR, I think it's time to give Minshew a shot. Just see what you got. I mean, you already know you're probably not going to be great, so lose it. Oh, well, get another high draft bet. Just my thoughts. Um, another, I think, surprise, although I don't think it's a huge surprise, but a surprise nonetheless, is just how deadly this Miami offense is. Tua Tagovailoa, probably the front runner for the MVP outside of you probably could make a case for him or Josh Allen or McCaffrey, but Tua this year has just been insane. Dolphins four and one. Tua uh, sixteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns. Does have the five interceptions, which is a bit of a problem, but you know, I mean, they're 
He's playing good when he needs. He's thrown for over 250 yards in all but one game. He's thrown for over 400 once, over 300 twice. They scored 70 and beat the team by 50. Um, I, I mean, you're looking at a team in the AFC right now. I, I think they would be – they're going to be there. Obviously, all roads are going to run through Kansas City, but they're going to be there. Um, another disappointment are uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They obviously have just been decimated with it. Trevon Diggs goes out. That was uh, that has not played as well as he needs to play. Um, I, I don't know. They're, look, the Cowboys, are, they'll be in the playoffs, I would guess. I don't think the NFC is just all that just loaded and great this year. Obviously, the Eagles are going to win their bit. The Eagles are going to win the NFC East, but the Eagles and the Niners look like they're on a collision course to again play in the NFC Championship, whether it be in Philly, whether it be in San Francisco, we don't know. Obviously, they do play in December, probably besides that. Um, but again, I mean, if you ask me my top five teams right now, it's San Francisco 1A, Philly's 1B, Kansas City's 2, Miami's 3. You know, after that, it gets – Really, I would say Detroit probably is four. I think the Lions have looked really, really good. And then, yeah, it falls off a cliff. Do you want to say Tampa? I, I, I don't. I don't exactly think Tampa's great. I don't think they're bad, but I don't think they're great. I mean, you want to say, you know. New Orleans, New Orleans defensively is probably the best team in the league. They're obviously they they're in the top bottom five. It's just after that, it, again, it kind of falls off a cliff. I mean, there's there's a few teams here and there, but I'm I, those four would be. I think it's those four, and then I mean maybe the Cowboys are the best team. Maybe maybe San Francisco is just that good. I mean. Maybe that is how I rank. Maybe I go San Francisco, 1A, Philly, 1B, KC, 2, Miami, 3, Detroit, 4, Dallas, 5. I Again, I'm not sold on it, but I think Dallas could beat any – I think Dallas can beat any of the other teams. I don't think they can beat those four. They may could beat Detroit, but I doubt it. Um, and honestly, I think there's a pretty big gap between Philly, that Philly, San Francisco, and KC, because Kansas City just doesn't look like it. They look really good, but they have their moments where they look awful, like last minute, the guy, or the Jets. Um, just, just haven't looked good. I mean, haven't looked real consistent. Oh, yesterday, they probably looked a little bit better, but overall, have not looked very good. Those are NFL thoughts. We'll probably check in in week 10. Um, we'll pivot now back to college football to the Heisman list. My Heisman list through six weeks. Kind of go over it a little bit. Um, number one, I still have Caleb Williams. I think he's still the number one player. I, I, I mean, I just 
it's it's kind of like Georgia. You know, Georgia is Georgia's defending national two time defending national champions, the defending national champions, the point of this argument. No one has really stepped up and said, We're better than you this year. I don't think anybody has really stepped up and been like that. Okay, well, you can make a case for Michael Penance. You can make a case for Bo Nix, but I don't think either of them have stepped up to do that. Now, they play this weekend. Could one of them come out and have a great game? Caleb Williams goes to South Bend and struggles, and could they be one? Yeah, I do believe. But right now, Caleb Williams is still my number one. Uh, number two, yeah, I just mentioned Michael Penix. Um. I mean, Michael Penix is putting up crazy numbers. There is absolutely no doubt there he is putting up just insane numbers. But, again, it, it goes back to kind of what we've been talking about. Who have they played? I mean, look, he's Boise State, Tulsa, Michigan State, Cal, Arizona. I mean – yeah, Arizona's looking better. But outside of that, I mean, Boise, Boise's three and three. They lost to UCF and lost to Memphis and lost to Washington. I wouldn't exactly say they're great. But I mean, Michael Penix, 16 touchdowns and two interceptions with a 91.6 QBR. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say he's there. I mean, his stats look really, really good. But again, I think this week's going to determine a lot. I think what we see this week out of him will um, will determine a lot. If he looks good this week against that Oregon defense, I think he does jump. I think he does jump. I think he's probably the closest to be able to do it. And so I would say, yeah, he jumps this week if he performs well. Number three on the list, the guy we talked about earlier, Bill Gabriel. What Dylan Gabriel did on prime time, prime time is 11 a.m., but you know, what he did in his toughest test of the year, he looks good. You know, he's going to pad stats. Man. I mean, that was really the game. Obviously, they've got some tough games here and there, but really and truly, he's kind of just padding stats from now on. Whereas you look at a Michael Penix or a guy we're going to talk about in a minute or even a Caleb Williams, they've got games against Really good competition coming up. I mean, Billy Gabriel's got Kansas. Okay, I mean, Kansas is good, but Texas beat them by, you know, 20. Oklahoma State, and that's going to be a tough game, but Oklahoma's going to be favored. TCU, he'll put up 80 against them, but that's not going to move the needle. I think his next chance to really, really move the needle is the Big 12 championship, and he's got to hope it's against Texas. Now, if he passed stats like I believe he will till that Texas game, yeah, I do believe that Dylan Gabriel can be there on the first Saturday or the second Saturday in December. I believe he's probably going to be there regardless, but I think he puts himself in a position to win it if he can do that. I think his is going to have to be a performance where he comes and takes the Heisman at the last second, kind of like you saw a Kyler Murray do. Oddly enough, Oakland quarterback, but I think that's the kind of thing. I, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to have to have a situation where Caleb Williams doesn't really win it, Michael Penix doesn't really win it, and nobody really comes and takes it. 
for him to take it that last week uh, for the Big 12 championship. Number four on the list is a guy I never thought would be anywhere near a highest list, is Bo Nix. I have written off Bo Nix 800 times, and I will probably do it 800 more. But right now, he has looked very, very good. I mean, that's really the only thing you can say. He's looked really good. I mean, you look at what he did against Colorado. He torched them. I mean, he's 15 touchdowns to one interception. QBR is 82.7. It's a top 15 QBR. He's 14, almost 1,500 yards. But again, who's he played? Portland State, Texas Tech, which was a tough team. He had to go to Texas Tech. But he played good, 32 of 44, 359. Hawaii, Colorado, but again, Colorado was over, overrated at the time. And then Stanford. But again, the good news for him, look what comes next. If you're Bo Nix, look what comes next. Because you get a chance now to show, you know, you are that good against really good competition coming home. You go to Washington this Saturday. Then you play Washington State, who's a good team. Then you go to Utah. Then you play USC at home. Then you get Oregon State in here. I mean, if you want a guy who's got the most games left, it is Bo Nix. The most games to prove something, it's Bo Nix. Bo Nix can have a bad game. He's probably the only guy that can have a bad game and still be okay to be able to prove something in life. I would say his odds are probably longer than most. Um, that's just my opinion on it. I, again, I don't believe in Bo Nix, and I can see the stats. It's almost like the Sam Horton. You tell me over and over again that he's changed, he's better, he's better, and I hear it from everybody, Todd McShay, you know, Piper, Ryan Orsillo. You hear it from all these people, but I've seen it. I've seen it for three years. I saw it in the SEC for two years. I've seen it when he was at Oregon. He's Bo Nix. Has something changed? I don't know. I think this Saturday tells us a lot. I think at Utah tells us a lot. I think Washington State can tell us a lot. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to believe it just yet. Though. But right now he's forward my eyes because of the number he's put up. Number five, Drake May. Again, I mean, Drake May's put up some great numbers. I think he falls a little bit into that category of, you know, who has he really played. So Drake May's played a few more people, but he still hasn't really just played in uh, overall impressive, impressive defense. Obviously played South Carolina, put up huge, put up decent stats against South Carolina, put up okay stats against App State, huge game against Minnesota, decent game against Pitt, huge game against Syracuse. But again, he's got game left that helped him. He's obviously against Miami, which would have been bigger had Mario Cristobal knew what a kneel down was. But he's got Duke. He's got Clemson. He's got NC State. And he's got, obviously, the ACC championship against probably Florida State, which would be the best defense he plays. He, again, kind of like Dylan Gabriel. If he can pad stats and then kind of steal it at the end, if nobody takes it, he's another guy. 
You play a team like Florida State who's got a great defense, I think he could be a guy that steals it at the end. Um, bonus pick, if nobody takes it, give it to Brock Bowers because he is without a doubt the best player in the country. Period. End of discussion. End of. Brock Bowers is the best player in the country. End of discussion right there. I, it's that simple. Go watch him. He's the best player in the country. He lines up at like nine different positions. Last segment of the night, we will be talking about the top ten. And it is the top ten. That's my top ten. Um, differs a little bit from the top ten, but not too much. Um, obviously, I still have Georgia on my team. Again, it goes back to what I said. Somebody knock them off. Somebody show me you're better. Number two, mission. I, I do think right now they're probably the second best team in the country. I don't really. It's not that I think Michigan and Georgia are the elite. I think they are to an extent, but I, I don't think they're just heading charge above everybody. So nobody else has jumped up. On my list, number three, Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma showed me something. They went to – they beat the number three team in the country on a, on a neutral field. That's something to me because nobody else has that impressive of a win. So that's why they are number three in my group. Number four, Florida State. I think they're the best team in the ACC. Obviously, a win over LSU doesn't look as good as it did, you know, five weeks ago, but it – it's still a win against a top 25 team, against an SEC team on a neutral field. That's why they're number four in my book. Number five, Penn State. Again, they hadn't really shown anything, but they look good right now. It's kind of like Michigan. Their tests will be the last three, four weeks of the season. Number six, Ohio State. I have them below Penn State. I have them below Florida State. I have them below Oklahoma because they have not impressed me. They struggled against Notre Dame. They struggled against Maryland at home, nonetheless. I don't – Marvin Harrison Jr. may be – him and Brock Bowers the two best players in the country, but Kyle McCord is not it at quarterback. He's not C.J. Stroud. He's not Justin Fields. He's not J.T. Barrett. He's not Cardell Jones. He's not Braxton Miller. He's not it. He's not or Dwayne Haskins as well. Um, and I mean, he, I didn't mean I think it's bad. I just I think Ohio State is having a drop off at the quarterback position they have not seen in almost ten years. And I think that's going to haunt them against Penn State and against Michigan. I think they're going to end with two losses. Number seven on my list is Alabama. Watch out. Watch out. Don't declare that dynasty dead because Saban has seen it and seen it and seen it. And now it looks like they might have possibly turned a corner with CJ with uh, Jalen Millwood. They have a manageable schedule coming home. They're going to get Georgia in the SEC championship. I mean, yeah, you could see it. 
Alabama can run the table. And that, hey, look, Jalen Miller is another guy. If he can start padding stats, start looking like they want him to look, he can see the guy that could get in the Heisman discussion. But they are my number 17. Number eight, Washington. I have nine, Oregon. I think Washington, I think they've just looked a little bit better. Oregon has the better win over Colorado, whether you believe that or not. But regardless, uh, Washington, uh, eight, Oregon, nine. We'll see which one of them win. I'd probably boost either one of them up to five or six, maybe even four, if they look really impressive. Obviously, I think those two seasons begin this week. Number 10, Texas. Again, I think I don't think Texas is out of it by any stretch of the imagination. You look at what's left, you know, you know Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State ought to play each other. You know Washington and Oregon have to play each other. So if you're Texas, you're in a good position because you're just kind of going to sit back and let everybody else beat up on each other, and you don't play anybody until you get Oklahoma in the Big 12 championships. So for Texas – Take care of business. But they're my number 10 team. It has been an absolute joy tonight, folks. Hopefully we get Al back on the podcast later in the week, and we will see you hopefully Thursday.